Welcome to the She Illuminates the World podcast. This is your host, Jocelyn Resnick. This podcast is for mission-driven women and rising leaders who are ready to shine their light and play big in the world. We are back with the She Illuminates the World podcast. This is Jocelyn. And today I am here with Barbara Katz-Nelson, who is a sex, love, and relationship coach from the Awareness Muse. And before Barbara even introduces herself, I just want to say to all of you that this podcast episode is such a big deal. Um, It's probably actually the, uh, I don't want to say most important, but for me, it's been the biggest one in my journey because I have had to do a lot of my own inner work to be able to come on here and have a conversation about pussy consciousness and love, sex, and relationships. And for me, is I'm in a place now where I can do that from a totally embodied state, but I also want you to know that it has taken me my entire life, lifetimes, if you want to go back, um, to be able to to have this conversation. And I think that speaks to the power in this topic and how important it is and, you know, how vital sex and relationships and pleasure and pussy are to really dismantling patriarchy. So Barbara would love for you to take it away and introduce yourself and tell us how you got into this work. Hello, hello, hello. I am Barbara Katz Nelson from the Awareness Muse. Okay, so I have been in this work for quite some time. Um, I've always been interested in it, like in the coaching. I mean, it was like 11 years that I got into coaching, but specifically sex, love, and relationships. Um, after I got into coaching, when I kind of was like trying to like niche down or the thing that like really spoke to me is first of all I come from a highly dysfunctional family where um the relationship you know the biggest lesson my parents taught me when I had like my spiritual awakening was like what not to do in relationship like I really believe and it's unfortunate and sad that they had to go through what they went through but they taught me what not to do by watching them. I used to think I'm never going to be in a relationship because I watched them and I thought like I was doomed, but it was really like, they taught me just not what, what not to do to be in a happy relationship. Like they were like the biggest guys. And also sex was not celebrated in my home. Masturbation, which I don't even like that word. And we can talk about that later, but it's just easier to say because we're all, we all know what that word means. Um, all of that stuff was not celebrated. It was not talked about. And once I started to really work on myself and started to do coaching, I realized because I think I had so much dysfunction because I came from so much of like pain when it comes to that stuff. This was the area that I healed so much of my life that I was able to support others with it, especially women. And, um, it's been a really incredible journey. And then I went in deeper in it when I started, you know, I did like Mama Gina workshops. I'm currently now in Layla Martin's Sex of the Vita program and I'm getting that training. I'm constantly getting these trainings. I'm obsessed. It's just continues to deepen and deepen the work for me and just affirm how valuable and important it really is for all of us, you know, women, children especially like little girls oh my god and I really do believe that 
if we are doing the inner work on ourselves, it's going to spill over. It will yeah. come, it will come and it will spill over and little girls will, you know, and boys too, and whoever will not have to deal with the things that we did on the levels that we did. Absolutely. Okay. So let's, let's start with a little bit more of the importance of female pleasure. Okay. So, I mean, there's so much there. There's so much there. There's like the, like, this is like, we're doing 30 minutes, but like briefly. You can go over, but, but that's okay. why they hire you. They hire you after. Yeah, like, yeah this is why they hire me. Is- no, not giving, like I couldn't give all away if I wanted to, but it's like also individual to everyone. But bottom line is physically, you know, the human, the design, nature designed a female's body with a clitoris. Who was on, her only function is to for a woman to experience high levels of pleasure that's literally the only function where as in a man there is a penis and the penis is multifunctional and there's the pleasure that you experience when you have a penis that's multifunctional and in a man i think it's four thousand nerve endings that allow him to experience pleasure in a woman it's eight thousand so we have it's like we have double so you know it's also And that's just like baseline, right? That's just like a biological fact. And you go from there, it's like, the experience of pleasure allows you to get out of your head and into your body. So all, most of the time we're like, especially if we're like in this capitalist world and we're running around, we have all the things to do. We're focusing out, we're focusing on everyone else, especially women. And we're the last ones to be focused in. And then we feel depleted. We don't have energy. We don't feel like fulfilled. You know, we think like fulfillment is like, I have to follow this purpose or do all it's it's like when I see women when women are getting into their bodies and connecting with their body and they're experiencing pleasure on a daily basis nothing outside has changed but they're happier they're more fulfilled they're more alive they're showing up differently in their relationships they have that inner glow that inner radiance like the thing that the beauty industry doesn't want you to know about because they can't package and fucking sell it to us, you know, like, and it's like, you know, life is better and nothing has changed. Sometimes it's like, I have like a pleasure practice that is like literally called the fountain of youth and it incorporates the jade egg. And people will be like, did you get Botox? I'm like, no, I just did like three, like I did a seven day straight of this one, like medicine, you know, and it's like, not that there's anything wrong with Botox. I'm not like saying, but I'm saying like, there's ways to, experience so much pleasure in your body that we were robbed of as girls, adolescents, teenagers. And once, and that's why we maybe feel unfulfilled. That's why we maybe have depression. It's not the only reason, but it's why we might feel like something's not right in my life. Like something's, I don't get it. Like I have a great career. I might even have a great partner. I have kids, all of the things and something feels off, you know? And it's like, you know, not to mention when you know and understand how to experience pleasure in your body, which does not always have to be sexual. It really is, this, to me, it's more of a sensory experience, right? Once you're really connected to your senses and you're dropped into your body, you can experience pleasure anywhere at any time. Like the smell of coffee, like turns me on mm-hmm. because I, and like it gets me. And what happens in that moment is that I become really present and I'm surrendered to the experience of the moment. And that is like, that is like the best place to be for, you know, for me, that's the best place. And the idea with pleasure, practicing pleasure is 
stretching out those moments into like, you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, hours, days, like how do we increase that in our day? You know, obviously in segments, because we need to deal with the nervous system too, because it's got to expand with the amount of pleasure so that you don't go into like overload, but you want to like kind of get weaned in on the pleasure. And then once you get really connected to what it is that turns you on and how you experience pleasure, it becomes much easier to communicate it and express it in your romantic relationships, like what mm-hmm. you desire. And from that place, you start to communicate differently in other areas of your life, in other relationships, because you're so clear on the distinction of what turns you on and brings you pleasure and brings you joy and makes you happy. Whereas a lot of times we're confused because we don't know because we've been going along with what everyone's told us, right? And it's kind of like, we're like, wait, this isn't fun for me. This is, I don't like this, or this is, they don't even know how to say like, wait, I don't like this, or this isn't fun for me, or don't touch me that way because they're afraid that they're going to get backlash, you know, like, that's why it's like such a, it's like, I feel like spectrum is like pleasure is a umbrella. It's like a spectrum. And then there's like all of these things that like sections of where, how pleasure can positively impact your life. And I honestly don't really see a negative to it. Like there's really nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about why we've gotten disconnected from pleasure. Um, it's I, my, my belief is the patriarchy. I mean, that's really Same. what it is. Like, I think that it is, you know, there's even like from ancient, you know, there's like a time when like, you know, you think of Cleopatra and you think of like, there were women in power in ancient history. There's even art that shows how like men would be bowing down to women who are bleeding and not dying and being powerful and all of these things. And how I think even I read somewhere that like, that's where like the image of the heart comes in red because like when a woman bled, it looked like a heart like coming down because they didn't have like the same wow. type of, yeah, we well, they didn't have the same type of attire that we did in like BC, you know, thousands of years ago. So the way it looked, we can just imagine a woman's thighs and it like would make a heart shape. Oh my God. I didn't know. And that's the kind of stuff that like has been totally erased because then religion came in and I think it was, I mean, all religions have, you know, to me personally, a lot of fanatic, like the intense religions, the pushing of religions is all about controlling women, especially it's controlling everyone, but it's controlling women. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't, I don't know, maybe it was Christianity. I'm not really sure, but it was like, that's when it was like, let's burn the women, you know, let's burn the witches, the witches, the witches who were like, you would go to the forest and find like medicine that was natural. And it was, that was too scary for men. So, you know, the egoic mind had to control it and became the patriarchy. And I don't know how, I mean, I'd be really curious to know when it shifted, how it shifted, but then it became like, femininity and women's pleasure had to become obsolete because we became afraid and it was a safety measure. Right. Because men could not handle our experience because I think it is so much powerful. And that goes back to the biology of us having a clitoris specifically only for the use of pleasure. Right. Our ability to experience it in white men can't. Right. And it's pleasure is power. Pleasure, power, and it's so high. And I just remember, um, I was working with a sex coach a year ago, 
And she went on this whole rant about the vibration of pleasure and that when we are in that state of having that turned on life, and this isn't just sex, that we attract whatever the fuck we want. Exactly. And flows and everything flows. And, you know, and, and I remember she distinctly said to me, nobody actually cares who you sleep with. It's really, that's just a form of control because we're beating ourselves up because we think our sexuality is wrong and we can talk about sexuality um, after this, but when we think that our sexuality is wrong, we're in our heads and we are completely cut off from our true nature, which is ultimately pleasure and desire. Exactly. Exactly. Which is, that's like the core of my work. Like, you know, it's funny every time, like my intention for my clients is so that they realize from our work together is that they realize their deepest desire aligned with their deepest truth. Mm-hmm. And because of the patriarchy and because of the messages we got when we were children and, you know, society and school and our friends and all, it's like, I call it the drift. I call it like, it's like a collection of all of these limiting beliefs. It drifts us away further and further from our true essence, right? Which is our deepest desires. And we know that it's a deepest desire because once we like, even the idea of it just brings us so much pleasure. Like mm-hmm. the thought of it, right? Is like, oh my God, that would feel so good. And it's like, that's how you know it's a desire. Like your whole body becomes like electric, right? Like that would feel so good. That would feel so good. But we aren't even, it's so much control. We're not even allowed to think about it. Even basic things, like when you're a kid and you're like, oh, I think I want to be an actress. And they're like, no, you're going to be a lawyer. Actresses don't make money. You know, like that yeah. immediately cuts off. It starts there. Like, it's so, and it, there's so much trauma around like not experiencing pleasure. Right? Like mom, Gina wrote, like had a post recently where she wrote like something like not being able to experience pleasure is a trauma response. It really is because there's such a, it's a culmination of so many things because pleasure is a spectrum and there's so many ways it gets cut off as a child. And then we start to internalize it and we start to operate from like how will we get love and approval versus what brings me pleasure, right? Because as a child, you're like, I need to belong or I'm going to die. Right. So you're not like, okay, I'm going to follow my heart and my pleasure and my pussy. She's telling me to go, you know, she's telling me I like women this week and I like men next week, you know, like that is not, you know, that's going to get me kicked out of the tribe. So I can't, I, I have to shut it down. I have to push it down. I have to not listen. So, you know, and then we become like adults and we're like, our lives are falling apart because we haven't listened to any of our desires. Right. Right. And I, and I also want to say like a lot of times that childhood trauma, because it's so deep and it's so ingrained, we don't even realize that it's trauma. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. I had like my therapist, I, I, she wasn't yelling at me, but she kept repeating herself over and over and over again of like, this is trauma. This is trauma. This is little t trauma. And now that I'm older, I'm looking at past environments and I'm like, whoa. And it's sometimes it's just the lack of diversity. It's like, okay, like I'll go to an event and be like, oh, this event was great. But then I'm like, oh, but like, how come I didn't see mixed couples or right. inter- or like black people? And you're like, you're like, exactly, exactly. Like you go, like you know, we go to like my my um my beloved has his family's in Sonoma, or like it's supposed to be like this progressive hippie town. And like the first time I was there, I was like, there's no black people here, right? Like, so like I'm like, this is fucking so weird because you know they're all like Bernie supporters, and I'm like, 
That's why it's so, this is why distinctions, I was just talking about this before, like distinctions are so important because they really allow you to raise awareness and being able to bring what's in the background to the foreground. And a lot of time, the little T trauma is so hard for people to identify and see because they're like, I had a great life. I was privileged. Like mm-hmm. everything was good. That's and I'm nice. like, and I'm like, wait, was, and, but then I ask questions like, so sexuality was celebrated in your house. And it's like, just that question alone was like, right. what? Definitely not. Like, yeah. Right. But imagine if it was, because you right. know, for someone like me, you know, sexuality was not celebrated in my home. And let me tell you, I made really poor choices because of that. I was not taught about consent. I was date raped at the age of, and this is like the first time I've ever seen this publicly at the age of 13. Wow. And I didn't want to do it. And he didn't ask. And I, when he was like, is this okay? I froze. I fucking froze. I had no words. I was so afraid if I said no, he would hit me or something bad would happen. And I just lay there. And it's like, and if it was celebrated, I would understand how sacred my body is. Mm-hmm. Because when you celebrate something, you realize what a treasure it is, how important it is. And then you don't make choices that are poor for your body. Right. Right. So it's such an important, like, it's such an important going back to like the distinctions and the little T trauma. You could have had the best family and the best parents, and they might've meant to be the best, like wanting to give you the best life. But if sex was not celebrated in your childhood, if it was not made to be normal and okay, and just like, this is a natural thing, there is most likely some sort of trauma or you've made decisions based of the, on the lack of celebration of it. Right. That have right. been hurtful to you in your life. Yeah. That created some sort of trauma for you. Yeah. This is, this is my story right here and that I developed an eating disorder and I didn't understand why I had an eating disorder because I thought that I had a very normal childhood and it's taken years of therapy to really start to question and to look back and realize, whoa, like what wasn't being said. And I mean, I'm Jewish and there's so much emphasis on the nice Jewish boy. And I'm looking at my life right now. And all I see is heterosexual white couples and majority of them are Jewish. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, except for the fact that that's the only thing that I was exposed to that I didn't see other couples or other types of relationships. I didn't understand self-love. And, um, now years later, I'm realizing like, there's nothing wrong with marrying a nice Jewish boy, but that's a microcosm to a much, much bigger world. And you can be whoever you want. And it, it makes me think about how many people are in relationships because they're trying to check a box, but they're not actually. Exactly. hundred percent, a hundred and ten percent. I always like, I actually have posts about this because I also was raised like, you know, in the Jewish family, same idea, like marry a nice Jewish boy, marry a nice, you know, like, yeah. you know, a, it wasn't even just a nice Jewish boy. It was like, a nice Jewish, like CPA attorney, like, like right, right. and your kids need to go to yeshiva. I didn't even go to yeshiva, but your kids need to go. I'm like, okay, thank you. Like, you know, I mean, it was absurd, absurd. Like the beliefs are just so absurd, but like, I, I think I always like, I had like more of a rebellious nature. So I, even though like, I'm not a lesbian, I would be like, if you don't shut up 
I'm bringing a lesbian home, leave me alone. But I knew at that point, I knew that that would have, that was not okay. Right. Right. When I was a child, I was able, I said, I would say that different. It would just get quiet. Nobody would say I was wrong, but it would get really quiet and really awkward real quick. Yes. And that was that. It's what? just like silence. The silence. It was like, like they would like, we would be at dinner and it would be like, we, we would talk about when we were little, me and my sister, like, we would be like, oh, like if we're going to get married or whatever. And it would be like, I don't know, my someone, my dad or my mother would be like, you should marry like a, like a Jewish, like CPA attorney or something. And I'd be like, or a doctor. no, I'm going to marry a lesbian if you don't stop telling me what to do. And then it would just be like, mm-hmm. like, it's like that, like that, like lesson, that reprimand of like, you know, we're going to kick you out of the family where I would be like, good, kick me out. I don't even belong here because I feel like I'm adopted with you people. But that's like another story altogether. But like, I felt like, but it felt like that, like you're going to be disowned, you know, like there were definitely questions as I was a child. If I like bring this guy home or that guy home, uh, are they not going to love me anymore? You know, like my boyfriend is in um, Jewish and like, I don't give a fuck. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care. Like I, you know, and it's like, I also wonder if people would have made the choices, right? If they, the choices that they did, if they weren't so limited, you know, if like, and it's like, not even, you know, it's like, I, I often wonder even today, like, what is, what's the language that parents use in the home? Like, are they using like marry a husband or like beloved? Because marriage could also, it's a very patriarchal thing as well, right? The, the actual idea of, and now I have my own beliefs about it because marriage can be a beautiful, sacred thing or the traditional, like if you're doing like the high consciousness marriage, I'm all for it. But the traditional, like yeah. what we are like all basically conditioned to, like, I'm not in, I'm not into that. <laughs> and then like, I just feel like that's just more, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, it just keeps it, I'm losing the word, I think it's like the P, but it's like perpetuating mm. the same. It's like, it continues to perpetuate like all the stuff. Yep. Yeah. And it's, I was going to just say earlier, it's the silence, right? A lot of times it's like the lack of words that make it feel taboo and make it feel unsafe when it comes to sexuality. And like, I know growing up in Metro New York in a very progressive area, it was like, oh no, like there's nothing wrong with being gay or whatnot. But then it it was when someone would come out as gay, it was like quiet. It was very passive and that made it unsafe and traumatic for me. And then I learned at a very, very, very young age that I needed to not only be straight, but again, it had to be like, you're married to a Jew and, but it wasn't even just a Jew. Like it, there was other boxes that needed to be checked. Like you were saying the CPA or my attorney. Uh, yeah. Right. Or like, I'm going to go to the CPA attorney Jewish store. I'll find one there. I'll right. Find. And like, they can't have tattoos and like, there's just all these other things subconscious that you're registering and you know, and I'll be very open and say, for me, that was extremely traumatic and I shut down and I wanted to freeze and I just avoided the entire conversation about dating altogether. And I just, I basically decided like, I am going to be strong and independent on my own. And I focused on my career. And, and actually what was very interesting was I was very turned on by my career and my work. And then I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> like, this is That's awesome. That's awesome. Like, we're taught that turn on only comes from sex and relationships. Yeah. It doesn't. 
And I was so overwhelmed and so terrified and freaked out about what was happening. And again, like as I've done deeper work and wait, again, time out. Wait, I just want yeah, to ask go, you. Go, go. <laughs> you were you were turned on by your work and that overwhelmed you and freaked you out. Yeah. And like I, mean, I, I think it's such well, an amazing, that's such an amazing point that I like anybody who's listening to this, if there's any takeaway, it's that because we're you're we're so unfamiliar your body was so not used to having that amount of pleasure that amount of turn on yes and you couldn't you couldn't make it okay you can accept the amazingness yeah and that's that's what I was saying before with the nervous system stuff because once you start like finding the things that turn you on you've got to be careful because you've not been used to getting that much in your life and it's going to be really shocking because you're really like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't really like, and how it comes from different areas. And it's not just sex and it's not just like in relationships, right? Like you can do it with yourself on your own. Yeah. It's not just romantic relationships. You can have friends like, and you know, there's, and that's a whole other conversation is relationships, but yeah, exactly what you're saying is Um, It really happened when I was in college and I loved the work that I was doing and I love the people that I was surrounded by and I was getting a lot of acknowledgement and a lot of praise and part of me was like this feels so good and then this other part of me didn't believe them like I didn't understand I didn't believe them because I wasn't used to that because that's not how my childhood was. So that led me to going into cycles of codependency and getting addicted to the validation. And, and it, it took me a really long time to finally be able to see my own worth and my power and to really work through the trauma, especially the little T stuff of understanding of like that power and that pleasure. That was always me. Those people that were right. validating me and acknowledging me, that was my truth. Right. Like they, I could listen to them. It was safe to listen to them, but it took a number of years. And I'm like, I would even say this is like this week's work. This week's inner work is finally realizing like, whoa, like this is truly who I am. All that other shit is just like, as I'm a big Amanda Francis fan. So it's ants on the ground. It's like all this tiny little shit that you like, don't even have time to think about or look at. It's just like patriarchal bullshit. And like, you can, it's safe to release that. Yeah, it's a hundred percent safe. It's like, it's, I'm happy for you that you're able to release that, you know, that's amazing. Yeah. And I can't even believe I'm like sharing this. This is so new for me to really be able to speak about this openly, but this is very much my story of that disconnect. And that's why when we do the pleasure work of working with the nervous system, because if you do too much at once, it can be so overwhelming. Yeah, no, it's like that, you know, it's like everything in small doses because that's why it's also important to do things like celebrate yourself and brag about yourself and be in community with other women who understand that because part of the pleasure stuff is like there, it's a celebration, right? It's, it, there is like a celebration element to it. It feels really good. And it's like one of the things we do as women also is that we tend to focus on what's not working what else I have to do? What's not work? Oh my God, that's not working. And like the small wins get overlooked. Mm-hmm. And that's another way to kill the pleasure for yourself. Right. Oh my God. You're <laughs> preaching to the choir. Like this episode interruption, like pause everyone. Like 
this, this interruption, this episode is like everything that I've been through. And it's, yeah, like we, we overlook the small wins because they're not patriarchy approved. They're not a big enough deal. Exactly. They're not, it's like, oh my God, I took like, you know, like I, you know, I had a call yesterday. I'm part of like a group with like just me personally with like three other coaches and we have a Monday night call and we start with like, and this is, I'm actually starting to do this too. I'm going to start, it's a free community where it's going to be goddess circles, but the way that we start the call is celebrations, brags, and desires. And it's us being able to witness one another's celebrations and like giving somebody this, it's like being a witness, like a neutral witness for somebody's experience is such an incredibly valuable thing. And just holding space, just like being like, oh my God, great celebration, just validating them that way. And you know, we do that. And it's still uncomfortable for me to be like, I like, I blank out, like it's my turn. And I'm like, I celebrate. I don't remember. And it's like, all of these amazing things happen. And it's yeah. like, as if nothing happened. But the thing is, the non-patriarchal, one of the non-patriarchal celebrations for me was I went offline for the whole weekend, right? Like I no technology. And that was something like, I celebrate that. I gave myself that space, that like luxury of not being on gram, of not like doing work. Like, just like I decluttered, I felt like a new woman. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm celebrating this. And then I was able to like, remember more of things, but it's like, just being able to, at the end of the day, being like celebrating yourself and then having that distinction, that celebration something that matches the celebration with a change in your body and the way that you're holding your body. Maybe you dance, maybe you do like a jumping jack, something because it tells your body that it's safe to celebrate yourself Mm. because we've often been conditioned to be like, it's not celebrate. It's not safe to celebrate yourself. That's why we don't talk about the small wins. We don't really. And then the thing is, because we don't talk about the small wins, we don't really celebrate the big wins either. But the truth is, what are we doing everything for is the feeling that we're going to get when we get the big win, right? The big success. Yeah. So like, that's the irony of all of it. It's like, wait, I want this thing because it's, I want to achieve this. I want to be in this, you know, juicy, mutually harmonious, sacred relationship because it's going to feel really good. And then you get there and you're like, oh yeah, I have it. Whatever. Like, yeah. What? Like, what do you mean? Why are you not like screaming through the streets? Like, being like and finally I did all this work and it's like, so anticlimactic and it's because uh-huh. you haven't like celebrated yourself on this journey of getting there after all of these failed relationships that were like so heartbreaking for you, you mm-hmm. know, and you got yourself up, you cleaned yourself off and you went out there and you did it all over again. That's a big fucking deal to celebrate. Like the failures should be celebrated too, because you overcame them, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, people are like, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah, I know it's weird, but like your body needs to get used to it because the more you celebrate, the more you brag and the more you have others like to witness it and hold it for you, the more it will come. It's like what you focus on expands, right? Like that law of like, I think it's a law, like you focus on whatever you focus on gets bigger. So if we're focusing on, because oftentimes I find women will come and like the ones who are in a relationship, he's not doing this. This isn't, I'm so upset, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you're focusing on all of the things that are the focus is on what's not working. Let's try and redirect the focus on like, what is working? What is working here? And then we celebrate that. And we like, ideally it's like, if you only spend 51% of your day in that celebration, you're already ahead of the game, right? Like you want to spend 51% of your day because it's, 
it's a difference between having like a good life and like an extraordinary life. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And that's how my training has been. Every coaching program I've ever gone through is we start with celebrations and what's working. And imagine if we all lived our life that way with what's working and what's going well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I would love for you to share more about your work, your programs. I know you mentioned the goddess circles that are either happening or you're starting. It just goddess circles are going to start in July and they're going to be really a community. I'm just creating community for women to come together. They're going to be obviously pleasure, like pussy verse focused, um, my favorite topic. And then we're going to be it's just going to be getting together people who want to be in a space of like celebrating and bragging and doing things. And this is going to be, it might be uncomfortable for you, but that's even better. You should definitely come That's something that's uncomfortable for you to get used to it so that like you can have more of it. And then we're going to do EFT tapping and then maybe some other, um, like see what other, uh, exercises I can do that are more somatic. That mm-hmm. can get you out of your head and into your body and into that pleasure feeling. I find that EFT is very helpful to like get into like a state of like gratitude and high vibe, like at the end of the tapping. So we're going to be tapping on like real issues and how to move them through our bodies. And then you'll get like the recording and you'll always have it. Um, yeah. And then the other thing I have one-on-one tapping with me, like if you wanted to reach out and just have one something that you want to clear you can always reach out and that's available and then I have a longer container it's a three-month container being the love you desire this is like my baby I love it so much this is like for the woman who wants to create that relationship with her pussy who wants to be in her body more who wants to experience high levels of pressure and how that like really impacts the relationships that she's creating, the romantic relationships, like it's the relationship with herself and how to really make the extraordinary relationships in her relationships with her beloveds. You know, typically ideal. I have um, worked with women who same sex, but I typically deal with women who are hetero. And it's just, it's amazing because it's like healing the relationship that you had with the masculine, with men in your life. The feminine, all of clearing that stuff out, the little traumas. Obviously, if you, and this is really important, if there is a big trauma, I do have people that I would refer it out to. Like if you've never dealt with the trauma before and it does come up because that can be a thing, then I would refer it out. I am getting trained and, you know, really being helpful in the little traumas, but the big traumas, you know, and sometimes it can be, we can work in tandem, but that, you know, sometimes people just have things that come up that they've just totally blocked out. And then, you know, the whole program goes into another direction. But bottom line is we are covering all of the things you learn, pleasure practices. There's a lot of somatic um, experiences and it's really a practice. And the takeaway is this is something that I want women to be like self-cleaning ovens, you know, so that it's not like you need to work with me forever. It's like you are going to learn how to shift who you are being in relationship to get the love that you desire. Like if you're not getting something in a relationship, if something's going on, it's probably because it's something subconscious within you that you are not able to see. And we're going to pull it out. We're going to bring to the service. We're going to clear it out. And we're going to create some redirection and a way for you to show up in a different way. 
that actually serves you, that feels good for you, that feels good for your body, and that feels safe, but also is going to get you the results that you really want, right? That you consciously want versus what you're like getting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I'm just going to plug too. This work is so powerful. It's so good. I literally thought I was going to be sexually frozen forever. Um, and here we are having this conversation on the podcast. It like, it's, it truly is life-changing. So if you're listening and there's a part of you that's thinking about working with Barbara or doing one of the goddess circles, or just learning more about female sexuality, like do it, do it. It is so, so, so liberating. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And then as like a bonus, it's like a big fuck you to the patriarchy. So yeah, obviously that's not why we're doing it, but it's like, you know, there comes a point in your process when you do go on this journey. Like I was, I didn't start on this journey because I'm like, I'm dismantling the patriarchy within me. But the more I do it, I'm like, I'm fucking dismantling the patriarchy. Yeah, yeah you are. Like there are moments where I'm like, yo, I just let, you know, like my friend's daughter, she's so cute. I love her. She's like seven years old. And like the other day she's like, was changing. And she was like, can you turn around? And I felt so proud of her because I was like, she's understands consent. And she mm-hmm. just asked for it. Like the word that we were never fucking taught. Like, you know, yes. I was like, I'm going to give you a big hug when I, you let me turn back around so that she could change out of her bathing suit. And I was so proud of her. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Because yeah. so often we're not, and it's like consent is such a big deal. Just and then it becomes like consent spilling over into other areas of your life. You know, that's like the boundaries thing. It's not just physical consent; it's consent of everything. Uh huh. You know? like, yes, yes. And before we wrap, like this is so freaking important. Is like people think they're gonna work with a sex coach, and it's gonna just be about like the pleasure and and how you are in bed. And no, right, it's about right. It's about sovereignty. It's about fucking boundaries. Like, yeah, no, it's, I'm so glad you said that because typically the sex stuff is the last thing that's more of like an adventure and exploration. It's actually like the mindset and the behaviors and everything that's blocking you. And that's been, it's more dealing with the patriarchy if anything else and dismantling Mm -hmm. that to get to the bottom of understanding what kind of sex stuff you'd even be interested in, right? Like what you truly deep down would be interested in versus like what you think you should be interested in, right? Like, so what, like, what sex stuff would bring your body pleasure? Which, like, there's like a myriad, like, it's just there's that's like another whole course in itself. But you can't get there unless you do some of the, you know, excavating. You gotta like do the excavating. There's a lot of it's a lot of mindset stuff and it's a lot of somatic, like getting it out of your body because it definitely, all of these rules, all of these conditions are so deep. And they're not just in our heads, they are in your body. So if you are like, I guess this is the last thing I'd want people to know is that even if you are in a place in your life where you understand everything we're saying and you're like, I'm out there, I'm doing the work and I am like, you consciously know what you desire. You are consciously acting, you're an inspired action and you're not getting the results. It's because your body has not caught up with your conscious mind that you're, they've not made the connection and your subconscious does not feel safe. Well, actually it feels uncomfortable, but safe is not the same thing as uncomfortable, but it confuses safe and uncomfortable and it will not allow you to get there. So you don't have what you, you actually do have what you want because you have what your subconscious wants. 
That's what you're, why you have the results that you have. That's why I work with the women that I work with because they are coming to me and they're like, I don't understand. I'm doing everything yeah. and I don't, and it's like, because it's your body is not there yet because of whatever little T trauma, whatever healing that needs to be done, whatever unresolved things, whatever things you need to forgive yourself for, right? Like there's stuff that's stuck in your body. You've got to get it out. Like, and then all of a sudden it's going to be a lot easier to experience a lot of pleasure real quick. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's basically what it is. I mean, you had it, it was your experience, right? Like, yeah. you like, were like, yeah. able to, like you were able to experience more pleasure. Somatic, somatic experiencing completely changed my life. Yeah. And like the, like I struggled with an eating disorder and I worked with an emotional eating coach in 2018 and like, don't get me wrong. Like the DBT and the mindfulness and the talk therapy and the coaching was definitely helpful, but it wasn't until I started going deeper into those deeper wounds. And my therapist introduced me to EMDR when she started introducing me to the, the little T trauma and then the ancestry, which is, that's a future episode and EMDR, which is a form of somatic experiencing. That's when I healed. That's when I stopped binging. You know, that's when I healed my codependency and everything that I do now is somatic. And there is a, there is an episode coming that is going to be about somatic experiencing for those of you who are not familiar, but you hit a wall in therapy. You do because the mind can only go so far. Yeah. Well, I also think it's like, again, we're operating. It's not, your mind is going to lie to you, right? Because yep. here's the deal. Like your mind. So our mind, the, the human brain is constantly looking for evidence constantly. That's what it's looking for every, all day, every day. And then the ego exists to be right. Like it just wants to be right. So the ego, like you're look like, let's say you have a belief, like I'm not good enough. Your mind is going to go looking for that evidence. And then your ego is going to find something that's going to make you feel not good enough to be in the relationship you really want to be in. And so no matter what outward actions you are taking, you're going to get it where, and where does that belief live? It lives in your body. It lives in your subconscious mm -hmm. and it's lying to you. It is lying to you. Your mind, our minds lie to us all day fucking long. I, you have no idea how many times I've said to people, do you want to be right? Or do you want to be happy? <laughs> do you want to be right? Or do you want to have the thing? What do you want? And then it's like, oh, wait, because you can't have both. A lot of times it's like, and the thing is, what is that rightness? What does it get you? All of the stuff in your mind, you really only need your brain for like a third of the day that you're using it. The rest of the time, it's like being your body. Your you body's going to tell you, I had an experience. I had an experience because I've been doing so much work with myself the other day. I literally had, it was like, Oh my God. I felt like I, like, I like taught, like God touched me because, um, I, so I was, I was asked to do a favor for, um, a very close family member and a favor I did not want to do. And typically I say yes, because I have this thing with a, like, it's my family. I have to like, this is very deeply ingrained in me. And I do these things. I say, yes, I'm fucking miserable and resentful. I have emotional like drainage. It's a nightmare right at home but they don't know, but I have a hard time with them too. So obviously I don't show up as my best when I'm doing these favors. And all of a sudden where I'm like about to take on this favor, they said something that triggered me. And instead of pushing back for five seconds, I got quiet, which normally I would push back and be like, no, like I would have the conversation with them. My pussy was like, what are you doing? And it's like, she 
spoke to me and I was like, oh my God, oh my God. She's like, do not do this. Like you are, you're going to like, you're getting in the way of our relationship. We have a good thing going right now. Things are like, do not do this. This is got like, you're betraying me. Get the fuck at like, I was like, what is happening? So I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to call you back. And then I found someone else to help this person. And I was like, I don't care how much better I think I'm going to do the job or how controlling I am. I got to go because I'm listening to pussy. I am not getting myself yeah. involved in this nightmare. And typically, I mean, six months ago, I would have done it. I, and I would have been miserable and I would have been upset and I would have been. And the thing is that all leaks into other areas of your life. So this is what I mean when you make that connection. It's like intuition. It's like, I don't know what it is, but there is pussy consciousness and it is real. And I know other women who have spoken of similar things where I was like, I don't know if I believe that's like, but I'm like, it's real. Like she's there, like that womb energy. Like it's the place of all, all of creation. It, yeah, it's the place of creation. It will guide you. You have to take fire. You have patriarchy and men hate us and all the things because we have what they will never have. You, no computer will ever be able to do what the hum, female human body can do, what the womb can do. It will never happen. It will never happen. Mm -hmm. And it is a, such a powerful thing that we're taught to ignore. And I feel like this is like anybody listening, there is a part of them they know exactly what I'm talking about, but it's as much as you were taught to ignore it, as much as you were taught to like disconnect from it. If it's talked about women feel it, they feel like I feel it right now. I'm feeling like energy pulsing through my body. They feel the vibe. They know what I'm talking about. It's not even a words thing. There's a physical experience that comes along with it. And that's the experience that we were taught to turn away from because it is that powerful. It is mm -hmm. that powerful. Like I posted the other day, that woman who ran into that, she was like in um, Uvalde with a mom who was handcuffed to, did you see that? She oh, I saw that post. Yes. Yes. And she ran in anyway. She was handcuffed. A woman with no arms was handcuffed because she was trying to help her kids and then got, she weaseled her way out of the handcuffs and bolted to get the chill. I'm like, that is the like feminine. That is that is being in your body. You didn't, she wasn't thinking. She was like, my body is going to get these children lived inside of me. I'm fucking taking what's part of me and I'm going to get it back and I'm going to get it out safely. That is a very powerful thing. And it is also a very scary thing. I can imagine if you're a man to experience that because they had bulletproof vests on and guns up with them and they still couldn't do it. Right. They still couldn't do it. Yeah. And she was like, I don't give a, I, no training in the whole, I never had training in it. She went in and saved her kids. That is feminine. And you don't have to be a mother. I have been in experiences myself. I am not a mother. Very traumatic experiences where I was put in a situation where I had to show up that way. And I didn't even know I had it in me. Mm -hmm. And I showed up and it was like, what the fuck just happened? So that is what we're taught to disconnect from. That is what little girls are taught to disconnect from. And once you get that connection back, believe me, you are never going to let a man or anyone else, an employer, talk to you in a way that's less than. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen. You want to create boundaries? Connect to your pussy. It'll be much faster than reading a book about boundaries. <laughs> right now. And save you so much money too. 
Yeah, exactly. But it's like a hundred percent. But the thing is, it's like, you know, it's a lot easier when you're like, this is so important to me. I have to protect it. Mm-hmm. This is yeah. all I get. I don't know what else. I'm not going to get another one. So once you understand that and you make that connection and this how sacred it is, you are going to start showing up so differently in relationships. It's a mind blowing. But yeah. It's getting to that place. Like that's the thing. It's like getting, it's the journey to get to that place. And then you're there and it's like, oh my God, nothing outside me changed. It's, you don't have to get skinnier. You don't have to get any like, you know, you know, like whatever plastic surgery. You don't have to get a better job or live in a nicer place. You've got to do the inner work. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. You want a better life, do the inner work. Absolutely. And then go do the other things if you want to. But oh, yeah. it's not, you know, but it's like not that stuff is not that's temporary. The inner work lasts much longer. Absolutely. I had the chills when you were talking. And I know like anytime I get the chills, anytime when you get the chills, that is like your spirit guide being like, listen. And I just 100%. I felt that move through me. That was pussy. That was pussy. Was exactly. like, she, just, she came through and she's like, tell exactly. Like I'm like, I sometimes I'm like, did I just say that? People will reflect back to me things that I said. And I'm like, I don't even know that I just said that. And it's like, that's like, I'm like, that's her. And it's like, that's like you're creating and all of a sudden that you're making more money and you have more clients. And the, like, it's like, I don't know what just happened. And it's like, it's me getting out of her way and letting her do what she is here to do. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and like being able to like surrender and not having to control. And that's a dismantling of the patriarchy within me. Right. Totally. Absolutely. Because patriarchy lives within you. It's internalized until we do the inner work and we get it out. Yeah. Well, it's like the control freak stuff. I call it control enthusiasts. It's like, you know, <laughs> very, especially if you're like a New Yorker woman who's like worked in like five, like anything having to do with money or like, there's a lot of masculinity there. It's kind of like impossible to avoid it. So it's going to be there. And it's unhealthy, you know? And I mean, that goes back to, look, bottom line is if you have unhealthy, if you have too much masculinity, it's probably the toxic masculinity. And that happens because when you were a little girl, some little T or big T thing happened where you didn't feel safe in the masculine. So then you start to overdevelop it. And then the fact that we live in a patriarchy makes it even more intense because it affirms like, yeah, you got to be more masculine. So then it's like, I have all these women that I work with who are like, I think I'm more masculine in the relationship. And I'm like, okay, tell me about like, we talk about their childhood. And it's like, even like a small like thing where like daddy lost me in the mall. Best dad ever. Amazing father. And it wasn't, it's like, that's what I mean when it was like little T trauma, where it was like, daddy lost me in the mall and I couldn't find him. And like, from that moment on, something said, like, I can't be safe with men. Which mm-hmm. is that then you become it's very hard to become be in relationship with men. Mm-hmm. Totally. Absolutely. All right. I'm gonna wrap us up. Yeah. This was phenomenal. Thank you. I'm already like, oh my gosh, who can I text to send this episode to? Because it was so good. And I, I can't I wait to get it out. out. I can't wait for everybody to listen and send us your breakthroughs. Tell yes. us what you got out of it. Tell us what gems you took away. We want to hear from you. I am going to put all of Barbara's contact information in the show notes. So you can get in touch with her um, through all of those links. And we can't wait 
to hear from you and keep listening. Keep listening and thank you so much. It was so great, Jocelyn. It was so good to do this with you. Thank you. Have a great day. If you love what you heard, go ahead and give this podcast a follow. I would love to hear from you. So head on over to Instagram and send me a message at Jocelyn underscore Resnick with all of your ahas, insights, and inspirations. Thanks for listening.